It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. What are we talking about? I don't know. I wasn't in that meeting, but I'm just assuming. Are all Toronto Blue Jays fans losers? You know what I'm going to become? A really, really obnoxious Bills fan. I got so passionate in that argument that I hit the mic with my hat. I cried like a little girl. <laughs> what is wrong with people? No, I'm saying I could have done what Sweet does because I do that every time I go. You're such a moron. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you because you're really creepy. Oh, more bacon. Everything is better with more bacon. Tom Brady wears Uggs. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can call Town & Country at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. I'm Rick Benson, and joining me is my partner in this show, our producer, Zach Barletta. If you want to find out more about our show, the website is btgprogram.com. You can also interact with the show on Twitter, other social media platforms, at BTG Program. And though the show is pre-recorded, we do have a studio line where you can call, leave your thoughts, leave your comments. Remember, remember what your mama told you when you were little. If you can't say something nice, and I know you know the rest, The number to the studio line is 585-431-1202. That's 585-431-1202. And Benson, I just want to throw in here, we've been touting the studio line for several weeks now. We still have not gotten a call good enough to use on the show. So if you guys could really bring your A-game this week and give us something to use on the show, if we're going to be talking about the studio line, I'm going to throw the gauntlet down. Please give us something usable this week. Zach, maybe you can help me out because I don't know... If I like this or not, next month is the National Baseball Congress World Series in Wichita, Kansas. It's generally a league made up of college-aged amateurs, not unlike the New York Collegiate Baseball League we have around here in, in towns around Rochester. Well, this year, a team of former major leaguers are gearing up to play in the event, suiting up for the Kansas Stars. Wichita's own Adam LaRoche uh, helped put the team together with help from former teammate Nate Robertson. In fact, most of the team is made up of LaRoche's former teammates. LaRoche says he started calling some of the former Tigers that I played with, and then a guy would call another guy, and here we are. The players will not be paid. The team intends to donate any winnings to charity. You want to hear the roster? Sure. Some of the pitchers include, I mean, look at the names on this list. Josh Beckett, Jason Isringhausen, Roy Oswalt, Brad Penny, Robertson, Ben Sheets, Brad Tomko, and Roger Clemens. That's a lot of all-stars. That's a lot of, and, and of course, one of the catchers will be Roger's son, Kobe Clemens. The infielders include Brandon Inge, LaRoche, of course, Jason Nix, Dan Ugla, and now just a couple days ago, Chipper Chipper Jones has decided he too is going to play on this team. And then among the outfielders, you got Rick Ann Keel, J.D. Drew, and Lance Nix. 
I mean, that's a really nice lineup. Former Yankee great Lance Nix, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people there that you go, wow. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if I like it. E- each one of these players, with the exception of Kobe Clemens, has played in the big league. I mean, there's 11, there's 11 all-stars, or I should say former all-stars in that lineup. There's two or three potential all-stars in there. The players will play in a ballpark which holds 6,400 fans, the same that's hosted the event since 1935. They play their first game August 8th. And the reason I can't tell if I like it or if I don't like it, I mean, are they taking roster spots from college-age kids that would normally be playing, these guys that, you know, had their career, had their time in the limelight, and now, I don't know, are looking for some place to compete again? But by the same token... This is going to bring a lot. If, if this stadium holds 6,400, I'd like to go to the game. Absolutely. That's a team that could probably beat a lot of minor league teams right now. It could beat a couple of major league teams, too. <laughs> but how much fun would that be? That would be a blast. I would love to see that. That's why I, I, I'm undecided. What, what do you think? You like it? You don't like it? It's hard to say I dislike something that raises money for charity. So I have to I have to be in favor of it, I think. Yeah, there's no way they could not do that, though. If it raises money, they have to give it away. I mean, these guys have made millions yeah. and been paid to play baseball. Now to come into an amateur event and I would think beat up on college kids. Um, wow, what an opportunity. And you know what? It's great for the college kids, too. Because they're going to strike out some of these old guys. They're going to get hits off Roger Clemens, and they're always going to be able to say that they did. The guy might be a zillion years old, but they'll still be able to say that they you did. You know, that's a great point. I hadn't even thought of that. I thought it in terms of, you know, the, the, the publicity for the event, how much fun it'll be for the fans. But I never really thought about the players. I thought about them being robbed of a roster spot but those who get to play against this team you're absolutely right that's imagine, a thrill imagine being some 19 year old sophomore or something and you rope a double down the line against roger clemens that's the highlight of your entire life up to this point you know oh yeah i'd be showboating around first base oh yeah yeah try um you're that's a great point talk about making an entrance that immediately endures you to your fans this is absolutely knowing your audience visiting nashville for the first time since being traded uh, for some reason, by the Montreal Canadiens, P.K. Subban, Subban took Nashville by surprise. I mean, literally by surprise. His new team, the Predators, were in on it, but they didn't let the cat out of the bag so that they could show Subban around town under the cloak of anonymity. He surprised fans simply by going up and introducing himself. You're walking down the Nashville sidewalk, and here comes P.K. Subban introducing himself. <laughs> Hi, I'm P.K., Come watch me play this fall. Now, if they yeah. Did, you think, yeah, do you think they knew who he was? I don't know. Nashville, you wouldn't think of it that way because of where it is geographically, but they're a pretty big, passionate hockey base. I bet there are plenty of people that knew who he was. Huh. Anyway, he also made a stop at the world-famous Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, where I personally have been. My, my wife and daughter and I were Were you Nashville. performing? I was not, but... He was invited up, Subban was, was invited up on stage to join the band last Sunday afternoon. And as I say, if you've not been to the Nashville Strip, this is a Sunday afternoon. There's always bands playing. Uh, along that strip, always some bands playing or some musical act. And in typical fashion for Subban, he was not content to simply say hello and then get off the stage. He took a hold of the mic and told the band to kick up some Johnny Cash and began singing the classic Folsom Prison Blues. 
it's hard not to like P.K. Subban. I mean, if he does this sort of stuff, it's hard not to like him. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I, I, I've never been able to like him up to this point. I think it was the Montreal thing. You know, Montreal has a reputation for diving and embellishing, and he was really one of the main culprits of that. We talked about on the show how he was the first player to have the third violation for that and stuff. Yeah. But I got to imagine that's not going to be part of his game in Nashville. He'd be the only one doing it there. So, you know, and look, if you're going to sing Johnny Cash, I have to like you. So Yeah, and the fans loved him up there, and this is, now you're getting a little taste of, of why they loved him. But you ever do something embarrassing and just want to crawl under a rock? Every day. I mean, who am I kidding? Of course. You, I mean, <laughs> you have. We all have. Major League umpire Ryan Blackney rung up Astros third baseman Luis Valbuena with an emphatic strike call and fist punch, but it was only strike two. It only took Blackney a second or two to realize his error. He immediately held up two fingers to let everyone know it was just strike two. Because his overanimated gesture made it seem <laughs> as though Valbuena had just struck out looking. And Valbuena, he, he's obviously confused. He's looking at the umpire. He's also holding up like two fingers just to confirm, hey, that's two strikes, right? He would end up walking just a few minutes later. But to, to see the video clip of the umpire punching him out and then just, I mean, he had to be halfway through it and he realizes it's strike two and he probably just wanted to crawl under a rock somewhere. Now, I didn't see it. Was it a big spot in the game? Is that why he was so emphatic about it? I, You know, it, it wasn't the most over the top. It was just a strike three punch out, you know, but, you know, they're a lot more animated on strike three as mm-hmm. they do that fist bump than they are on strike one or strike two. And that was the situation. He wasn't doing like, what was the movie with uh, Leslie Nielsen? Naked, the Naked oh, Gun yeah, movies yeah. where he's dancing in the bed. It wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. It was just a strike three punch out, you know, and a little aggressive, but it was only strike two and kind of looked a little. Okay. Little Sometimes the wheel of, wheels of justice turn slow. And you remember that situation a few years ago where a scout with the Cardinals was accused of hacking into the Houston Astros database and mining sensitive team I think he was the head of scouting, wasn't he, Chris Correa? Yeah, he was. A former Cardinal scouting director, Chris Correa, was sentenced to 46 months in prison by a U.S. district attorney for his part in the matter. I mean, ouch. 46 months. But doesn't that seem over the top for... Well, I don't know. I think we tend to look at it as, oh, it's just baseball. But if this was another industry, if this was uh, I don't know, Kodak hacking Fuji or something, you know, like yeah, I, think I guess it, it is would, a million. It would, yeah, it's a multi-million dollar, dollar industry, yeah. you know, just because you're a sport instead of a, a a major, you know, industrial corporation. I don't think that changes anything. I think it was warranted. Man, he got jacked up, though. Forty six months. That's a long time mm-hmm. for. Uh, really but I wonder is, why 46 months. Why not four years even, 48 months? Why does, I don't know. You ever wonder about some of those I times do, why yeah. they do that? I have no idea. What What is the mathematics that goes into making that determination? I, I have knows? no idea. If he, you know, call our studio line and tell us, please. We need to know. <laughs> he claims he'd been trying to find out if it was the if the Astros had gained uh, access into the Cardinals' information system. That oh, was sure. The, that was his defense. I was looking to see if they had our information. I mean— I, to me, that's as weak as it can get. So yeah, no wonder you got four. The little kid months. on the playground. Yeah, I pushed him, but he pushed me first. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was three years for the crime and another ten months for the stupid defense. Probably that's, that's what I'd th- give him. That's that's what it was. 
Hey, we'll be back after the break. I do hope you'll stick around. This is the Beyond the Game pro- uh, that, that This is the Beyond the Game program brought to you by Town and Country. That's the reason. Listen up, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, and every other place that can hear this radio station. If you have a pest problem, don't waste your time with any company that's not named Town & Country Pest Solutions. I was a customer before they were the title sponsor of this show, and trust me, they know what they're doing. They have nearly three decades of experience ridding homes of wasps, bees, ants, roaches, bedbugs, squirrels, raccoons, snakes. Yes, I've seen a video of them taking care of a very large snake. You name it, Town & Country Pest Solutions handles it. They're so serious about solving your critter problems that they have an actual American Ninja Warrior on their team who will stop at nothing to get the job done. He can also get up on your roof without a ladder. What could be better? Pest problems solved and a show. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time, write this down, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear absolutely nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. So, Zach, the Yankees seem to be creeping closer and closer to full seller status as the Major League Baseball trade deadline approaches. Inconceivable! The Yankees have done well to put themselves in a great position by really taking a flyer, if you will, of sorts on relievers like Andrew Miller and Araldus Chapman. Both should bring back quality prospects in a trade mm-hmm. they got both relatively cheaply you know yeah andrew miller's contract is very affordable yeah. compared to what other closers are getting i've seen reports that some teams are even looking at some of the yankees veteran guys you know like all their pitchers <laughs> even cc sabathia rumors that the rangers were scouting the yankees starting pitching the marlins were interested at one point um the Royals are apparently interested in Carlos Beltran. I yeah, I heard they had some talks. He, I think he would go back there. I think he has a limited no trade clause, but they are not one of the teams that he can block a trade to. Um, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting because we've talked about over the last few years, there have been years the Yankees should have been sellers. But really, in my lifetime, I don't remember ever seeing them actually be sellers at the trade deadline. It's it's a whole new world for me. It, it's a whole new world for all Yankee fans. It's not something that they've often experienced, if maybe they've ever experienced. I can't. I've been a Yankee fan since the late 60s. And I'll tell you, I don't remember a time. Maybe there was, but I don't remember. And again, of course, during that time, free agency wasn't like it is today, but... 
you know, you combine the, the prospects that they should get back in trading a Miller or a Chapman, combine that with some of the prospects that they currently have coming in mm-hmm. the near future, guys like Aaron Judge, Greg Bird, Luis Severino. Um, the Yankees may not be as far off as some suggest if they do decide to take on the role of seller. And usually when you think of sellers, you think of a team that's just blowing it all up and kicking into rebuilding mode. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's something that the Yankees would ever admit that they are rebuilding. Oh, no. And frankly, I don't think they need to, in my opinion. No. Well, they've been the, – the thing is that they've all, they're already started. They've been doing it sort of on the fly over the last few years. Um, you know, every year when a couple of the big contracts come off the books, they add some younger players and – sort of let the payroll naturally bring itself down. And this last offseason was just a a perfect picture of that, where they didn't sign a single free agent that wasn't already on the team. They made some trades to bring in younger players like Starlin Castro, who was 25 or 26, Aaron Hicks, who's in his early 20s, guys who are kind of, in the fantasy world, they're called post-hype sleepers, where they were hyped as a big deal, they didn't quite pan out, and everyone sort of already has forgotten about them, but they're still young and still talented. And So the Yankees have been trying to stock up with those t- sorts of players. And, and they have a decent crop of, of what you'd say nearly ready prospects, but not, not enough of them to put the Yankees mm-hmm. back in contention on their own, so... You bring in a few more prospects, you add a couple of key free agents, and they're they're really not that far off. But, of course, you know, the Red Sox are loaded with young talent. And mm-hmm. um, even with a complement of prospects, the, the American League East division just is – it does not appear to be getting any easier. And the Yankees are going to have their hands full just keeping mm-hmm. up with the Red Sox. The pressure of building a winner and putting the right pieces together – and that's got to be significant. The Minnesota Twins fired Terry Ryan mm-hmm. uh, this week, and that's Minnesota. Now, put the pressure on Brian Cashman to properly shape the Yankees is even greater under the pressure of New York. Do you think if they do this complete sell-off, and that's what I expect to see, but if they aren't back in contention within a year or two after Cashman makes these moves or at this time when they're positioned the way they are, is he out as GM? I think there's a chance. I'm not going to say 100% definitely that he is, but this is, as you've said, this is a market that's not very forgiving of teams that don't win. And it's, right, and this is a golden opportunity that mm-hmm. the Yankees are here right now. If, yeah. they, if they decide to make it, I would expect they would. And, I mean, we saw what happened last year with the Detroit Tigers where Dave Dombrowski, they weren't contending, and he sold off some of their big-time players for younger prospects. And even though now, in hindsight, those moves have paid off really well, they cost him his job because the team decided, well, you know, we weren't really ready to rebuild, so you're out of here, even though he had contributed to some really successful seasons before that. So it wouldn't be unprecedented. There is something to be said. The Yankees do tend to value familiarization with the dynasty years. That's why a guy like Girardi gets the manager job because he's a link back to those years. Yeah. So I think he has a little bit of rope, uh, Cashman does, but... I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that in a couple of years he's gone, or that in a couple of years he's not ready to move on himself. Well, it depends on the results of this current mm-hmm. rebuilding or, or seller process, whatever it becomes of this. I think come September, some of these guys that are going to get moved, you're going to if you go to a Yankee game, you're going to need a scorecard just to identify many of the mm-hmm. players that you've never heard of before. That's going to be the late season for Yankees fans seeing new players. 
I could be wrong, but that's what I expect to see. Ironically, if that's the case, if a lot of the veterans are sold off and young players are brought in, I'll watch more games than what I've been watching recently. Because <laughs> the product on the field this far has not been exciting. You know, it's 500 just, baseball team. Yeah. You know, they're a 500 baseball team in a giant, gorgeous, expensive stadium that's sold half its tickets. And there's just more exciting games to watch. But if I have young players coming up that I can tune in to see, I will do that. So that's something that I think Brian Cashman should be thinking about. Yeah, Not with you, me specifically, but. Well, you're a bit of a prospect watcher. Mm-hmm. Now, in building this team, again, the pressure's got to be great. Imagine if a key player or a, or a top prospect just decided against I don't want to. I don't want to play. I don't want to participate. You know, mm-hmm. it's not unheard of. A guy like Ricky Williams that walked away from the NFL some years ago, mm-hmm. you know, not having the Heisman Trophy winning running back they counted on must have caused some problems for the Miami Dolphins. It bothers me when I hear people who would say that they're believers in Jesus Christ, but they don't go to church anywhere. It sort of bothers me. They justify it sometimes by saying they worship in their own way or that they have their own relationship with God and that they don't need to go to church. That is wrong on, on on a number of levels, such as where are they getting their sound biblical teaching? Where are they getting their biblical guidance? Where are they sharpening themselves with other believers? But beyond that, God has equipped Christians with specific gifts to impact the local church. Paul dedicates the first chapter or the first part of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians to listing gifts that are given to believers, different gifts to different believers. Zach, you and I have different gifts, different talents that God has given us to be part of the church. And Paul makes this list to set up his next point in that these gifts are given to work in conjunction with one another. Uh, Romans 12 verses 3 through 6 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as to God, as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members not not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one another. We're all in this together. Verse six has says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us. As Christians, we all have different gifts. And I, I love my pastor. He has such a great understanding of Scripture, and he's able to communicate it so well. And on this subject, I can recall him saying that when a church, and, and remember that a church is made up of its individual members, when a church ministers its gifts as it should, four important blessings result. One is that Christians are blessed as a minister and are ministered to. Two is that the church becomes a spiritual power in its community. It becomes effective. Things are working. Things are rolling. The gears are turning together. Three, spiritual leadership inevitably emerges. God's leaders become apparent. And and then the fourth thing is that church is characterized by unity, Uh, evangelism, love, obedience, fellowship, uh, all these good things that you would expect to see as part of a church. The body concept that Paul uses, uh, you know, God— God really wanted to get that across to us. He seems to want us to understand how we all work together, just how important it is that we do work together and not refuse to work with one another. He used the body concept several times in Scripture. The human body, in fact, is made up of several different yet equally important systems, your circulatory system, your skeletal system, you know, the nervous, the, the, the nervous system, the muscular system. And if any one part is not working properly, 
the head is is soon made aware of it. You know if your muscle system is not. Mm-hmm. And the church is the same way. Each system has different parts that, that make it up. For example, you know, the muscular system, uh, different muscles, you know, they're all tied together. They overlap one another. Think of think of the local church. You think of your church as made up of several ministries that are made up of individuals, each tying into one another and overlapping one another. Just like Cashman trying to build a professional sports team. The church needs its people to work together towards the success and completion of its goals. Like any athlete who's part of a team, for that team to be at its best, each part needs to participate, it needs to work in unison with one another, and it needs to know its particular function. First of all, you got you got to participate, right? If you just walk away, if you just choose not to be a part of it, your gifts are not being utilized. Let me be profound by saying, you know, you can never score while watching from the sideline. You're mm-hmm. never in the game. Not only does the Bible not look favor- favorably on those who sit around and do nothing, but the devil, he truly makes work of idle hands, you know. Consider what Paul wrote about the young widows in First Timothy and, and uh, he had said that they had rebelled against Christ. In 1 Timothy 5.13, he says, And with all they learned, they learned to be idle, wandering about from house to house, not only idle, but tattlers and busybodies, speaking things which they all not. He's saying that they're, 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 they're sticking their noses where it doesn't belong. They're causing trouble. They're gossiping. And when you're sitting on the sidelines and you're not involved, it's usually what happens. You end up just complaining mm-hmm. and murmuring and, We've heard of athletes who unable to sit idly at the bench without starting to murmur or complain about their playing time. You know, that's the successful coach needs to utilize every player. Maybe not, they don't all get the same amount of minutes in the game, but they's got, they got to be utilized, and each one has to be made to feel that they're contributing to the success of a team. That's what makes a successful coach. If you're going to have a part in your local church, you have to participate. And you have to work in unison with others. Uh, otherwise, you know, the church never really achieves full effectiveness. We can't all be doing our own thing. I mean, doesn't the diversity of different members of the church speak to the inadequ- inadequacy of each one to function on its own? Mm-hmm. You know, you think that's why that's why there's so many different gifts within the church. We're all interdependent on one another. When an athlete is in top shape, his body's lean, his muscles are fit, and they're working together to achieve peak performance. And it should, you know, you know what I should say here is that getting along is not necessarily the same thing as working in unison. You know, just getting along with somebody is not, it's not, you know, not really working with them. Today, there's these, I don't know what you'd call them, these free to believe churches. People that come together, they worship as a group, but each one is worshiping his or her own concept of God. And it may be very peaceful, but it's certainly not effective or productive for the cause of Christ. Doesn't These people, they, they've not found true unity. It's just simply a blind acceptance, a blind tolerance, and it doesn't hold one another accountable. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, of course, you know, iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. And the third thing I mentioned is that each member needs to know what their particular role is. This is where good coaching comes in. Clearly communicating to each person on the team what their role is, what's expected of them, what, why that role is, 
uh, important to the overall success of the team. You know, you know your role here on this show, what, what it is you do, and you know that it's a very important part of it. Knowing your role is important in sports. You know, if you're a striker on a soccer team, you can't play like a goalie. You can't use your hands. You know, you need to know where, where you're playing so the team's not penalized. The cleanup hitter's home run is more productive when the leadoff players batting before him have gotten on their ba- have gotten on base and fulfilled their role. Uh, and as as you read through First Corinthians twelve, you see that really no part is any more important than another. The pastor of the church is important, of course, but not any more than the nursery worker, the Sunday school worker, and we have an important part. And I guess that's the point I want to make. You know, as Brian Cashman builds this Yankees, and each one has an important part. You can think of well, they're going to trade away Miller probably and Chapman, but you got a seventh inning guy, an eighth inning guy, a ninth inning guy. Kristen, you have an important part in your church. You have a vital part to play in the body of Christ. And God equipped you for that part. For the church to be fully effective, for the body of Christ to be fully effective, it needs you to sit out on Sunday morning and not take part in a church anywhere. For full effectiveness, you need to participate. You need to work in unison with the other members of the church. And you need to know what it is that God is God has equipped you to do. What are your talents? What are you good at? What what can you contribute? And you have a critical part to fill. So let me ask you, have you been doing your part? Or are you watching from the sideline? If you are, it's only a matter of time before your idleness finds you in trouble. You'll have all the time necessary to think about how good you are, how cool you are, and how much more important you are than others. However, if you choose to involve yourself in the cause of Christ— you will realize just how critical everyone's role is to the effectiveness of the church, to the effectiveness of the body of Christ. Thanks for being with us. This is Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Your floors are under attack from overwatered plants to overflowing dog bowls. But the Home Depot has new water-resistant Pergo Outlast Plus laminate flooring starting at just $279 a square foot. So you and your floors get to fight back with 24-hour spill protection that stands up to liquids for a whole day without causing damage. The next generation of laminate flooring is Pergo Outlast Plus, starting at just $279 a square foot, exclusively from the Home Depot. More saving, more doing, U.S. only. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. Your aura brims with confidence. The Name Your Price tool has given you policy options based on your budget. A source of great power rises from within, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That can shoot dragons out of its eyes, riding on a tank. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now it's time for the most awesome thing I saw this week. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. I don't believe what I just saw. Yes, that's awesome. Zach, as a baseball fan, you know that major league players, they enjoy giving the silent treatment to young players when they do maybe something monumental for the very first time. The, yeah. the rookie looks forward to getting back to the dugout and celebrating with teammates only to be met with the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. Well, Los Angeles Angels rookie G-Man Choi 
and I hope I've said that correctly, he got the silent treatment after hitting his first career home run on Monday night. But Choi would not be deterred. Did you did you see this? Clip I did at all? see it. It was hilarious. He went down the length of the dugout, high fiving imaginary teammates, even hitting <laughs> some up high, even hitting some down. It was hilarious. It was the most awesome thing I saw this week. And that said, honorable mention does go uh, on the most awesome thing I saw to Bubba Watson and his Oakley jetpack. Did you see that? No. This how much fun would these things make golf? He's got. There's a video of him. You should Google. Uh, Bubba Watson jetpack. It'll come right up. He's got this jetpack and it goes way up into the air, or Oakley does. I don't know if it's his, but he was having fun with it. And I think I want one of these for the sports park. Absolutely. You know, I could get from field to field so much faster. No need. You know, I could get to the, if I needed to get to the other end where some parent is, you know, starting a fight or yelling obscenities at some teenage referee in a 10 year old soccer game, I can get up there in a jiffy and handle the situation or, Maybe I could even break up the fight by simply landing my jetpack right on top of them. <laughs> it was pretty cool to look at it, and it looked like a lot of fun. He got pretty high, went over the trees as he's observing, and he's pointing out the the features of it. Like you could see the golf course and see the different angles and all that, but uh, I don't think we'll see them on golf courses anytime soon. But if one comes around here, I want to play. I want to thank you for being with us. This is the Beyond the Game program, as I've mentioned. Brick Benson, Zach Barletta, taking you through this hour. And I want to say congratulations to Zach. He became the proud papa once again this week. He's already been a proud papa for a number of years to a beautiful little girl. But this week, his wife gave birth to their second child. Mm-hmm. And he now has a son to add to the family. So congratulations to you and Heidi. Have Have you gotten any sleep over the last couple of days? A little bit. Over the last, I don't know, three days or so, we've probably got enough sleep that adds up to like one regular night of sleep. But uh, we're just glad that, uh, you know, Panda Watch is finally over. The baby's here. And we Healthy. got lots of people bringing us uh, rotisserie chicken every night. <laughs> so it's good. He's awesome. So basically what you just said, if you're listening and you're on the meal list, don't bring a rotisserie chicken. If you want something, you know, Look, something I, anything else. I love rotisserie chicken, but, <laughs> you know, you eat something every day, then garbage plates are accepted. Garbage plates accepted. Well, what do you have for us for shenanigans, Zach? MLB executive, former Yankee manager Joe Torrey, recently sent a memo to each team in Major League Baseball informing them that the league doesn't want managers arguing with umpires so frequently anymore. Truth or shenanigans? The league's right. Managers need to stop arguing so much. You know, I agree. Does arguing a baseball call ever really accomplish all that much? I mean, you can question politely, but is there really a need to go get in another person's face like some tend to do? When you see the the major blow-ups, say an umpire just going off, it looks childish. You can ask an umpire something between innings. You can make your point, you know, if you're trying to discuss the strike zone or whatever it is. If you, you, the arguing doesn't accomplish anything. If, in fact, it accomplishes very little, maybe. You know, maybe it lets them know where you're coming from. But um, baseball wants to speed up the game. I, I suppose that's probably part of why they're saying that. I, taking the time to argue, although the fans probably find it very entertaining. <laughs> It's not 1974 anymore. Earl Weaver's gone. It's a different game. It's a different time. Um, 
you know, like I said, animated arguing may get you some giggles from the crowd, but nobody's laughing with the manager who's arguing. They're laughing at him. Uh, I actually, after I wrote this question, I thought it would be easy to answer, and now I'm kind of torn on it. I agree that most of the time the arguing is stupid, you know, and having seen the the Weavers and the Lou Pinellas and stuff, there's not many managerial tantrums that really impress me anymore. You know, we've seen it all. We've seen the minor league guy that crawled up on the mound and pretended to throw a grenade and all that stuff. At the same time, though, I feel like it's some blame shifting from the league. And where the league needs to be looking is not at the managers who are arguing, but at the umpires who are doing generally a poor job, in my opinion. We've all seen so many calls where... The umpire says, well, the ball beat him there, so I assume that he's out, and the replay shows that he's not. I think it's a multifaceted issue. Yeah, the arguing needs to stop to speed the games up, but I think really the umpires, by and large, aren't held accountable either. I I don't know how accountable they're held, but I disagree with you. I think the umpires do a pretty good job. I think more often than not, when they show a replay on a bang-bang call, the umpire is right. Maybe I'm just defending umpires because of the years that I've umpired. Mm-hmm. But I think they do a pretty decent job. And we do have instant replay. So there is no need to argue. Go ahead and look at the replay. And we've seen a number of plays overturned. So with the, with the with instant replay being part of the game, I don't know why arguing is. I think probably the best way to do this would be to compromise and make everything reviewable. Then you don't have to argue about anything because you can just review it. Well, and have I think due you'd process. agree. I, you know, you just said that, but I think you would agree. You can't make it. You're not balls and strikes. You can't. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be games. Will be six hours debating. You can't make everything reviewable. Next. ESPN's Hannah Storm recently pitched a new concept in sports broadcasting, having fans as part of a broadcast team. Example would be having a fan in the booth with one or two former players and a play-by-play guy. Truth or shenanigans, fans would be a good addition to future sports broadcasts. What do you think? I think no. I don't even care what half the announcers think, let alone some random guy. I read some of the comments on Facebook and on ESPN articles and stuff. Sports fans are idiots, myself included. I don't want to know what they have to say. Keep them off of my broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I knew what you were going to say, and I agree. Shenanigans on that statement. It may be entertaining for a little bit, just like the, I've always said, the lowest life forms anywhere live in the comments section on mm-hmm. any online article. But that would get old pretty quick, as entertaining yeah. as it could be. And, Zach, I know how much of a disdain you have for Homer announcers, <laughs> even if they're just to their a regional broadcast, you don't like Homer announcers, and fans would be the ultimate Homers. Like, think about, I'm sure there are teams that come to mind when you think about the most annoying and worst and obnoxious fan bases. Think about a Cardinals fan on a home broadcast, or a Cubs fan, or a Red Sox, or a Yankee fan. Yankee fans are some of the worst. You know, I I have no interest in hearing that. I'll be watching on mute if that happens. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes they're stupid. They're unable to disconnect their emotions, and they're unable to be objective. So, shenanigans. Michael Irvin has said that superstar defensive end J.J. Watt is the reason that the Houston Texans haven't been a winning franchise. Irvin said that as the main guy on that dominant Houston defense, Watt needs to produce some defensive touchdowns and use Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley as an example. Truth or shenanigans, J.J. Watt needs to step up his game for the Texans to win. 
shenanigans. <laughs> I, the guy has been a force, but he can't do everything. And the guy has been outstanding. Sometimes defensive scores, you know, they're just a result of being opportuni- opportunistic or mm-hmm. or just being in the right place at the right time. And certainly not all of it, but forcing turnovers is one thing. Creating defensive scores is completely different. You know, those are two different things. And Irvin has also said something to the effect that because Watt is the biggest star there in Houston, that he's the one who is held responsible for their success and failure. And, you know, to some degree there's some truth there, but that logic only holds up to a point. There are 10 other guys on on that side of the ball, and he can't be everywhere. And the fact that teams undoubtedly game plan away from Watt is going to be another factor of how productive he can be. And I would like to add that he doesn't call the plays or throw the passes in Houston. <laughs> Look at what the quarterback situation has been like there the last few years. Look at how Arian Foster has been mostly injured recently. That team had a lot of glaring weaknesses. J.J. Watt's not one of them. And also, Michael Irvin's comparison to Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley and J.J. Watt have ironically scored the exact same amount of defensive touchdowns. Can't get anything so, past Stats Barletta. No, it, it's it's... I don't know. Michael Irvin fell back off the wagon or something. Because this is just <laughs> ludicrous. Shenanigans. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver told reporters that Kevin Durant signing with the Warriors is not good for the league. Truth or shenanigans, Silver's correct. Creating super teams ruins competitive balance. I say shenanigans. He's not correct. And we talked about this not too long ago. Just because you put the pieces together doesn't mean you're going to win a championship. It, pretty much guarantees you're going to be competitive. But once you get deep into the playoff bracket, even the so-called super teams can come up short. Now, while I say shenanigans, there is some truth to the statement that it does does some have, have some effect on competitive balance. And I think the commissioner has an obligation to review each trade. If necessary, veto a trade if it's problematic. It happened Recently, the Lakers with Chris Paul, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, older listener, older listeners will remember the Yankees trading for A's pitcher Vida Blue back in the seventies. That was also rejected. But you know, about that, does adding one superstar really make the Warriors a super team? I mean, they've added a, a superstar to a good team, and mm-hmm. and to me, a super team would be putting maybe LeBron with Melo and Chris Paul and others. That's a super team. Other, I know you got good players. I'm not taking anything away from uh, Draymond Green or, or any of the others, but you you got Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. That's not enough for a super team, in right. my opinion. They're, the Warriors, to me, are more like the New England Patriots. They win a lot, but it's because they're so well coached and their system is perfect. You know, they run a perfect system. It's not the Patriots are not loaded with stars everywhere. They have a few. But mainly their role players are just so good. And that's what the Warriors are. You know, they won 73 games without him. Did anybody really think they weren't going to be back in the finals and Kevin, and now Kevin Durant puts them over the top? So I call shenanigans on what Adam Silver had to say. You know what? Every sport is better when there's a team at the top that everybody hates. Yeah. It was the Heat when LeBron was there. Now it's the Warriors, and I'm sure the Warriors are fine with that. So you I got call one small fan base that just loves how how great they are, and mm-hmm. young upcoming fans. All the kids will go out and get that Kevin Durant Warriors jersey, but mm-hmm. the rest of the country is going to hate them because yeah, I think they're that's so successful. Where the Patriots analogy holds up as well. 
in one small section of America, the Patriots are worshipped. And everywhere else, we hate them. Yeah, you know? well, the exception of the 12-year-old just getting into football, he's <laughs> yeah. going out and getting the Tom Brady jersey yeah. or you know, the Gronkowski jersey. Last but not least, Phil Jackson told reporters that he wants the NBA to add a four-point line and add six seconds to the shot clock to help increase scoring around the league. Truth or shenanigans, you'd like to see new rules like this. Why don't you go first? Shenanigans. I think it's just like the rule that we talked about last week in the NCAA. You don't need more fouls. You don't need more scoring. Teams are scoring 100 points a night routinely in the NBA. How much more scoring do you need? How much more do you want? And a team like the Warriors... They're making court shots from half court. If you had a four-point line, how much more are they going to be running over teams by? You know, win games and score points the way you've always done it. You know, there are teams that can make more use of the three-point line. You don't need a four-point line. You don't need a longer shot clock. Don't mess with what works. I agree with you. Shenanigans on this statement. You're right. We talked about it with John Calipari's comments in college. And as I said, I mean, it's, is it really a problem? If there is, because I haven't heard about it, and I'm pretty up on some of the things this point. If I haven't yeah. heard about it, you if know, there's a problem with scoring around the NBA, you and I have not seen it. Yeah, I mean, there's other things the NBA could be addressing to improve the game, which they are. You know, they like the last few minutes, those oh, watchable minutes of mm-hmm. a basketball game. I just find them just troublesome. The last few minutes of a basketball game, and, and they're taking some steps, but adding a, I, I'm with you, adding a four point line. It'll be like skee-ball or something, you know, those carnival games where mm-hmm. you have all the different rings and scoring options. This one's worth 25 points. This yeah. one's worth 10. This one's 15. And if you keep going that way, I mean, in 50 years, a, a shot from center court will be worth 10 points or something, you know, like it'll be like it'll be like skee-ball, like you said. So yeah. uh, shenanigans, we don't need it. Hey, listen, you know I'm an old school guy. And suggestions like this would take a little while for me to get used to anyway, but I just think this is stupid, but anyway. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Beyond the Game brought to you by Town & Country, Pest Solutions. Listen up, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, and every other place that can hear this radio station. If you have a pest problem, don't waste your time with any company that's not named Town & Country Pest Solutions. I was a customer before they were the title sponsor of this show, and trust me, they know what they're doing. They have nearly three decades of experience ridding homes of wasps, bees, ants, roaches, bedbugs, squirrels, raccoons, snakes. Yes, I've seen a video of them taking care of a very large snake. You name it, Town & Country Pest Solutions handles it. They're so serious about solving your critter problems that they have an actual American Ninja Warrior on their team who will stop at nothing to get the job done. He can also get up on your roof without a ladder. What could be better? Pest problem solved and a show. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time, write this down, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear absolutely nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. 
Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, finishing up uh, another one-hour program. We haven't done Good, Bad, the Ugly in quite a while, but Zach, you've got some tweets together. Darren usually reads these, so you're going to have to have that same idiocy about yourself, (laughs) I guess. I don't know if I'm capable. He's just on such another level. All right, here we go. You're going to see a theme with these, but to start, at drunk underscore Kane 88 tweets, breaking, the Panthers are asking the creators of Pokemon Go to put Pokestops in their rink so people actually attend the games this year. <laughs> it is true. It's criminal how few how few fans go to Florida Panthers games, and they're good. Yeah. But, oh, well, Pokestops yeah, I, might I don't know why that, why that is, because you're right. And, and there's so many people from the north in that area. Yeah. I don't. Maybe they're all going to lightning games. It's a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. They're exciting. They have Yager for crying out loud. Yeah, I, I'll, I don't understand. It's a that. mystery. Maybe their cool new soccer jerseys will fix that. I kept hearing about all this Pokemon, Pokemon. I'm like, this is wasn't this like the 90s or something? This was. It's 20 years old. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm seeing it everywhere, and I, I'm oblivious to it. I have no idea what's going on. I tell you what, I never liked it as a kid when it was big. But I downloaded the game and I've been playing it and it is actually very fun. Yeah, but I got a. I got a Pokemon in front of your house. My friend told me he has seen people walking into poles, walking oh, yeah. into buildings, walking into traffic, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Did somebody fall off a cliff? I mean, maybe yeah, that's I an saw urban that myth, but uh, is it? Oh, is it true? I believe it is. I saw it reported. I don't know. I don't understand the game. So basically, you're picking up. It's basically a GPS app. And so on, it's geocaching. On, basically, on the GPS, there's these little Pokemon that appear, and you have to go and walk to where they are, and then they pop up. And on your screen. What happens is your camera turns on, and the camera is showing you what's in front of you, but the game puts a Pokemon in it. So it's like you're looking at something in your environment, and you have to catch it. Yeah, I can't see myself getting excited about that. but It's really fun. It sounds so dumb, but it you're is You're going to walk off fun. a cliff. Probably. Next. At Wolfpack AHL, which is... This, you got to play oh, the music. That's right. You, it's not... The Hartford Wolfpack's Twitter account, which they're the minor league team for the Rangers. Thought I'd throw that out there. They tweeted, haven't tried hashtag Pokemon Go. Too busy beta testing Mario Kart Go. It's just me randomly dropping banana peels and throwing turtle shells at people. <laughs> that's good. Do you get that reference? Did yeah, you ever play I, Mario I Kart? I, well, no, I never played it. I... Zach, I'm from the pinball era. That's <laughs> what I did. I played pinball. Frogger? Yeah, well, Frogger was yeah. kind of cool. I got gotcha. you. 
You know, my favorite one was Tempest. Do you ever? Are you familiar with Tempest? I'm not. I never really got into video games. I for whatever reason, but I did like that one and the games in the '80s. I kind of got into, but there were some really good ones. Long. Yeah, not long term. Anyway. At Detroit Red Listen, Wings. You're, you're ruining this whole oh segment gosh. because th- this segment is just an excuse. To play that sound. To play the sound. It really from, is. Yeah. All right. I apologize. Darren, come back now, soon. Now, here's another interesting thing about this sound. My daughter looked it up. We're having a debate. I love the movie The Good, Bad, The Ugly. Mm-hmm. I love it. You of know, course. Give me, a clinic, give me any Western. I love Westerns. But my daughter and I are debating. She says, this sound is in every movie. I'm like, no, it's not. It's It's unique to this movie. So she looks it up, and it is actually called the Western Whistle or something like that. It's, got, <laughs> and I don't it's in every spoof Western ever. Maybe. I, I told her it was similar, and she's, we, we still haven't come to a conclusion on this. Every TV show that does a Western episode uses it. It's, it's in well, see, that This is why we came up with this segment, just so we could use it, and then you're going right into the tweet without using it. Here we go. Okay, ready? <laughs> At Detroit Red Wings, the official Twitter account of the Detroit Red Wings tweeted, Update! The Detroit Red Wings today re-signed right-winger Timu Pokemon to a one-year contract. This is, of course, Timu Pulkinen, but thanks, autocorrect. The Red Wings now have Timu Pokemon. So your theme is hockey and Pokemon. Yes, mostly. There's a few that aren't aren't sports-related, but the Pokemon Go theme is ongoing. Before we... You wanted me to play the song, and then I played it, and you talked. Yeah, I know. You can never play it too much. I know. That's true. Oh, oh, you got more. Is I've that, got is more. Is that it? Okay. I was expecting three. But Oh, no. Oh, no. I came ready you to go. You keep going, my man. At Kate E. Feldman tweeted, a guy just told his girlfriend to hold the train while he caught a Pokemon, and she got on and left without him. <laughs> I imagine that probably happens a lot. Yeah. At Brian Buck. Oh. This is a disaster of a segment. <laughs> At Brian Buck 13 tweeted, Imagine how many kids would be dead if Zach Hampel was into Pokemon Go. Zach Hampel, of course, is the guy that crushes people in the stands to catch baseballs. Oh, right, 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 right. It's, it's sad that you... Yeah, you're right. This is a disaster. Not only not even hitting the song right, but you have to explain <laughs> each of these tweets to the old guy. Maybe I'm just a big nerd, and so I get them all. And... No, there's no maybe to that. You well, are the, a nerd, okay, but even true. so, you, know, you still have to explain them to me. And you'll have to let me know when this segment's over. <laughs> the segment's over. <laughs> My wife and I were having a debate, and I want to I want to hear your input on it. We're having a youth baseball tournament at the park, and there's a Hispanic team that's playing, and they are excited about it. They got their cowbells out, and they are ringing these cowbells. And the only prescription is more cowbell. So... Some of the um, parents on the suburban team are complaining <laughs> about the cowbells. And my wife and I are talking afterwards, and like, well, I'm like, what are they complaining about? The Hispanics are love. They're excited about that. They're not doing anything wrong. They're loud. They're they're cheering. They're ringing those bells. They love baseball. There's no doubt about how much Latinos love baseball. Yeah. And they're into the game, and they're ringing the bells, and the suburbanites are sitting there, like, almost offended because it's mm-hmm. not their simple little golf clap that they like, <laughs> that they prefer. Hey, would that bother you? 
You, no. Well, you're a baseball guy, so I'm probably asking the wrong question. You're used to that sort of thing. Right. But I, I, I if like your it kid more was on so, the team. I like it more so at a youth game where it's kids and parents that are excited about what the kids are doing, you know? And that's what I was coming at. When it it's from. a grown man that's making millions of dollars flipping his bat and blowing kisses or whatever he's doing, you can get out of here with that stuff. But it's just kids and their parents having a good time. Yeah, you go to a game in the Dominican Republic, and let me tell you, there are, there's cowbells and excitement, and it's it's an event. You go to go to a game here sometimes, and it's just more or less a casual thing you do. So to me, it's refreshing to see them come out and cheer on and but I guess it just sort of settles in the craw of I like the suburban. I leagues. like to see kids and families who love baseball get. I'd rather see them get too excited than not be excited about it. Title sponsor of the Beyond the Game program is Town and Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions dot com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is I can't decide if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> or the New York Jets. Both locked in a contract stalemate with one another, and this thing has been dragging on, and it looks more and more as though Geno Smith is going to be quarterbacking the New York or, Jets. Or how about Joe Namath, who said even if Fitzpatrick comes back, he thinks Geno will be the starter anyways. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people saying that, too. <laughs> I think both sides are a fit for one another and really need one another one, but neither one has yet to blink. So because I can't decide, I'm going to select Jets wide receiver Brandon Marshall. <laughs> As my pest of the week, my reason, guys just abusing the English language. Marshall says he has not heard from Ryan Fitzpatrick in over two weeks and thinks that that's a bad sign. He's quoted as saying, I don't know what's going on. To be honest, me and Fitz talk every day, all the time, but I texted him the last two weeks three times and there's no response. Now, let me see if I have this right. You talk every day, all the time. But you only texted him three times over the last two weeks. I'm not sure that's what every day <laughs> means. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Marshall is also quoted as saying, "I'm. it's scaring me that my guys hasn't texted me back. Scaring you? Are you really frightened or are you perhaps concerned? It's just it's just a pet peeve I have, you know that Zach. When when oh, yeah. when sports announcers and analysts often do it, they just use such drastic teams. That lineup is scary good. That mm-hmm. that player is a warrior. That yeah. play was unbelievable. Hyperbole yeah, much? Yeah. What exactly don't you believe? Didn't you just see it with your own eyes? Anyway, they should all be mentioned as best of the week. The Jets, Brian Fitzpatrick, Brandon Marshall, too. They are all my best of the week. My best of the week is the NFL. The definition of what constitutes a catch has confused fans, players, officials, and broadcasters for years. This offseason, the NFL changed the wording of the rule, but that made it even more confusing. Last weekend, NFL Vice President of Officiating Dean Blandino told his officials, quote, if it's a bang-bang play, call it incomplete, end of quote. (laughs) So now every close play will be ruled incomplete, which will mean more coaches' challenges and more time spent watching endless replays while players are standing around not playing football. The NFL made a complex rule even murkier and are changing the way the game is called, so they're my pest of the week. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call. 585-426-5024. 585-426-5024. Tell them I sent you. For Zach, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.